Welcome, Conjurers, to the last episode of Season 1. Thank you to all of you that have been here since day one, but I guess all good things have to come to an end. For now. Yeah, not for long, of course. Not for long, not for Season long. Season 2 is coming. It is, it is. We are at this point, uh, I guess, from when you guys will be listening to this episode, T minus one week until Halloween. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. We finally threw up most of our Halloween decorations a couple days ago. Okay, what um, took you so long? Well, okay, so I am always paranoid about my props getting damaged. And apparently uh. this year, rightfully so. So for those of you that haven't seen my displays in the past, I have a, a very big graveyard using, you know, foam tombstones from Spirit Halloween and other places. Um, mm-hmm. But I put them up the night before we were having some people over. And the next morning, we get a cold front end, and the wind blew over all of the tombstones. I, I get back from a tennis match in the morning, and seven of my tombstones no. were lying in the street. Like, the stakes oh, were ripped out of them. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was bad. It was a massacre. <laughs> a veritable massacre. <laughs> On the graveyard. Look how they massacred my boys. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, I, I I got I got very carried away there for a second, but <laughs> Ryan all that to say, to put I put down the Yingling. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, all, all that to say, I care a lot about about my decorations, and I'm broke. So if something breaks, there's a good chance it's not getting replaced anytime soon. So. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like I live in an apartment, so I don't have any outdoor decorations except the oh. wreath that goes on my door. So I guess I didn't think about that. Well, that is also the thing. I, my interior is almost always decorated for Halloween because I'm a normal, well-adjusted member of society. Yeah, I'm very well aware of that. Totally. Yeah, guys, it's a, it's a normal <laughs> thing. It's not a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But speaking of decorations, if you are interested in how we actually decorate our houses and apartments for Halloween, please check out our social media on Instagram and TikTok. There are some really cool videos about how we decorate. And while you're there, make sure to check in on our most recent giveaway. For those of you that have ever dreamed about being a ghost hunter and going out and doing these amazing things, well, you guys, we have a recorder that we are going to be giving away to one lucky listener. So make sure you go and find those posts, share, like, and comment for your chance to win. That giveaway ends on October 25th. That is October 25th is your last day to enter. And last social media plug, as you guys know, we are definitely self-proclaimed Halloween experts. If you're looking for things to watch and things to listen to, we've got you covered. We have recommendation lists and playlists out the wazoo, y'all. Now, one fun piece of, of Halloween is, of course, the... Halloween franchise, you know, started in 1978, all that good stuff. But we just had a new one release last Friday uh, that is Halloween Kills. Cameron, have you had a chance to see (laughs) Halloween Kills yet? Ryan, we keep coming back here, and the answer is no. (laughs) And I will always be disappointed, but that's okay. I'm here to make sure that you... It just came out, Ryan. It did, it did. But there is no better time to see it, actually, than Monday when we went to go see it, we being, you know, my girlfriend Liz and myself, it was actually the Hunter's Moon, which is the <gasps> full moon in October. Fun. It was perfect spooky vibes. Oh my god, I oh. love that for you. Okay, so tell me how it was. It was incredible. Uh, quite frankly, it was incredible. Incredible? Oh my god, I'm so excited. Not just because, you know, the plot-wise, it wasn't as strong as the 2018 Halloween, the, uh, the predecessor okay. to this one. 
but it was the most consistently brutal movie I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh my god. Really? Like, yes. There, I, I, I have, sure, I've seen one-off scenes in movies, like the movie Terrifier, that have some scenes that are impossibly difficult to look at, just because they're, they're so intense and they're so gory. But yeah. Halloween, from start to finish, was just an absolute gore fest. Oh my god. Wait, that, I don't know if I want to see it in theaters now. Am I going to get scared? Like, really scared? I don't know. I'm going to be how, a baby how... about this. <laughs> it depends how, how much people getting stabbed in the eyes bothers you. Okay, it bothers me a lot. I actually just <laughs> had this conversation with my coworker the other day about, like, neither of us can do, like, eye things at all. Like, this is just going to be a little tangent real quick. I literally wear glasses because I cannot put contacts in my eyes. The last time I tried, I literally passed out. I'm not kidding. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's just a fun fact about me, So guys. I'm face blind and Cameron can't touch her eyes. <laughs> I literally can't. No, but it's so weird because I can do eye makeup. Like, I can do eyeliner all day, like, whatever, but I cannot. I can get the contact in. I can't get it out. <laughs> I just can't touch my eye. I can't. Okay, no, I'm actually, I'm, I am kind of the same way. Um, in horror movies, the some some of the things that bothers me the most is, like, eye stuff. Yeah, I just oh. can't, man. Mm-mm. Oh, what this was it? No there was a, a film about these kids that go to a Halloween carnival. I think it was called Hellfest. Lovely. I actually had to turn it off because there was this one scene, and it was just uh, uh, a struggle between one of the main characters and someone that was trying to murder him, and he uh-huh. ends up getting a syringe and just <gasps> driving it. No, 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 sl- no, 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 no. I had to turn it off. I no. Couldn't, I could not watch it. So I still have not finished Hellfest. Because oh of that my God. scene. No, 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 no. I'm about to throw up. No. <laughs> we'll take a quick oh my pause. God. I literally y'all. can't. <laughs> can't really be back in just a minute. Okay. Um, so I might not be seeing that in theaters, but I want to support my girl Jamie Lee. Mm-hmm. You know? She's mm-hmm. just so great. Laurie Strode, a queen. Queen. So I you know I, I feel like, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, the fall and the Halloween and the horror movies. Do you have mm-hmm. any other like of your your favorite Halloween or fall seasonal items? Like, you know, let's talk, like, seasonal beers, like, your favorite, like, spooky candy, etc., etc. Okay, your girl loves a fall Starbucks drink. And I really don't even like pumpkin spice like that. Mm-hmm. But this year's, like, apple crisp macchiato, I could drink that thing every single day and be so happy. Order it upside down, though, y'all. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, that sounds incredible. It's so yummy. You know, it's like with the Starbucks drinks, people like to, like to be, you know, pretentious about them oh they're they're, they're popular for a reason they are popular for a reason absolutely yes it's like the people that are complaining on twitter about everyone talking about squid game like just (laughs) yeah it's not it's not talking about it because it's good exactly it's it's not a personality trait that you're refusing to watch something because it's good oh my god yes ryan preach yes i'll hop hop off my soapbox now um (laughs) all that to say i love when the fall things roll around if you haven't had the pumpkin beers oh my god oh wait that sounds so good i haven't had one is it like oktoberfest beers or like so there, there are other Oktoberfest. I actually had okay. a Sam Adams Oktoberfest earlier. My personal mm. favorite is a beer called Pumpkin. Wait, yeah, I definitely know that one. It's a, it's I've an imperial it. pumpkin ale, and it is divine. Ooh, ooh, fun controversial question. What is your stance <laughs> on candy corn? I love candy corn. Okay, good. I, I can accept that. I, <laughs> I, I, I worship candy corn. People 
are so divided over it. But I love candy corn. And the it little really candy is pumpkins, please, oh, the they're so good. I I'm glad that pumpkins. I can trust you. <laughs> it, it is interesting how, how divisive it is because you either love candy corn or you hate it. Like, I've never met anyone that's been like, oh, candy corn's okay. No, you know? 100%. But I will say I'm kind of one of those people that tends to like, like, sort of bland foods. Like, obviously, I like flavorful things, too. But, like, I'm okay with eating things that are, like, kind of bland. Like, Twizzlers is another very divisive candy. I absolutely love Twizzlers. Oh, I, I love Twizzlers. But I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out how I feel about the the bland food statement, huh? We were, we were actually discussing this earlier, Conjurers, about how Cameron doesn't like sauces. Oh uh, my and we started God. talking about how Cameron doesn't like honey mustard, <laughs> which I think is is heresy oh of the tenth degree. But no, I have to have anything that I eat just like swimming in flavor and sauces and spices. No, and- I don't like sauce like that. I mean, like okay. I will eat it if it's, like, on things, and I eat, like, barbecue sauce, and if I'm, like, having Chick-fil-A, I want the ranch, but I don't go out of my way for oh, sauce. Oh, man. No, it's, uh, whenever, whenever I, like, pick up Taco Bell, I ha- I make sure that they give me at least, like, 100 packets of their fire sauce, because I have, I gotta have the sauce. Oh, yeah. Kevin is the exact the same way, and he's like, hey, do, do you want any sauce? And I'm like, No. <laughs> And he's over here with like a mound of fire sauce. Oh yeah, no, it's like I, I have to go through. I'm like, I want all of your fire sauce, and they're like, okay. And I was like, no, I don't think you understand. I want all of your fire sauce. Just pull a little Ron Swanson on that. I, I was literally about to bring that up. Okay, I'm, gl- I'm glad, glad you yeah. caught the reference. Oh, I 100% did. And to continue our like being controversial but having the same stance. Ryan and I both like Parks and Recreation more than The Office. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm sorry. Okay, so I enjoyed the first, like, what, six or seven seasons of The Office, and then Michael leaves, and I just completely lost interest. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to watch after Michael left. Yeah. It it took me, like, six months to get to be able to actually watch that episode because it was so sad. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't. (laughs) Just can't do it. So anyway. (laughs) So one of the things that we've been talking a lot about uh, is, you know, costumes that we dressed up as, as kids. Uh, Cameron, what is the most embarrassing Halloween costume you've ever worn? <laughs> I do have an answer, and it's not going to be anything that you expect. Okay. So I think I must have been in, like, fourth or fifth grade, and High School Musical 2 had just come oh, out. No. And there was this, like, costume, and it was supposed to be, like, Sharpay. But, like, Sharpay doesn't really have, like... A very specific look. Like, if I walked out of here looking like Sharpay, I would just look like a teen girl from the 2000s. And so, like, I had on this terrible outfit. It was, like, these gaudy, like, bright, like, gold, shimmery, like, spandex leggings and, like, this, like, red tunic that had, like, a fake necklace and it was, like, bedazzled. But I thought I was hot shit. Like, I was, like... Oh, I look so cute. And there's definitely a picture of it still on Facebook to this day. And don't worry, guys. I'll post it and embarrass myself. I'm fine with that. I I think I may be able to at least match that embarrassment. Okay. I'm so excited to hear yours. So uh, this this says a lot about who I was as a person my freshman year of high school. Freshman year of high school. (laughs) But uh, yeah. Okay. I'm already cracking up. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm mentally preparing myself. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if I'm ready to, to say it, but uh, I, uh, oh God, I thought I was so cool because I went out for Halloween 
dressed as Chuck Norris. Um, oh no! Fake drawn on okay, beard, like, cowboy hat, fake oh, chest no. hair, and everything. So like Walker Texas Ranger Chuck. Like Norris. Walker Texas Ranger Chuck Norris. Oh no! Because I was that kid that would wear Chuck Norris shirts to school with the Chuck Norris jokes on them. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> I had a different Chuck Norris shirt for every day of the week, and I would wear them every day of Wait. the week. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I wish I, I wish I were kidding. Right. <laughs> I wish so badly that I were kidding. Don't you think back on those things and be like, Mom, why didn't you stop me? Like, didn't you love me? You saw me doing that? And like you weren't like, maybe don't do that? So uh, a fun little, little factoid on top of that is for freshman through junior year of high school, for school picture day, I actually wore the same chuck norris shirt in all of my yearbook oh photos oh my god ryan <laughs> oh wait do you still have this shirt i don't think so it it got oh. it got worn past the point of, of falling apart really okay well we need to find a new one and get you an updated photo oh dear in the chuck norris shirt. i don't i don't know how much i i side with chuck norris and his ideologies anymore oh Wait, that's kind of facts. Uh, but you know, I'm very curious as to the environment that built young Cameron. <laughs> now, you were born and raised in Thomasville, Georgia, right? I was, yeah. So we, we did some a little bit of research on the supposed haunted areas near Thomasville, Georgia. And although these aren't necessarily directly within Thomasville, they're within, I think, like 10, 15 miles. So we're just curious if you've heard of any of these locations. So we have the old Jefferson County Jail. Have you heard of that? Yeah, that's in Monticello, right? That is. Mm -hmm. Then there's the the Daffodale House. I've not heard of that one. That one is also in Monticello, Florida. Uh, and there's the okay. Wirick Simmons House. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is the, that? The Wirick Simmons House? Uh, let's see. It's one of the <laughs> oldest buildings in the Monticello area. So also Monticello, oh, why Florida. Why are these all in Monticello? You know, Thomasville I don't know. Thomasville is that was... so haunted, dude. Like, why are all these in I don't know. Monticello? That's a great question. Because the, the common theme, like, you know, the most common denominator with all of these websites that we found was Monticello when we were looking at Thomasville. <laughs> That's so weird. Okay. Like, let me just give you a really quick, like, backstory of Thomasville. Yeah. Thomasville... It's a pretty old city, and it really, like, developed in the 1800s. It became the end of, like, one of the major railroads coming from the north to the south. And a whole lot of wealthy northerners would come down, especially, like, during the winter. They had winter houses here. They bought up all the old plantations after the Civil War. So there's, like, mm -hmm. a lot of really old money and really old houses and, like, just a lot of history that has, like kind of settled down in Thomasville and I'm genuinely yeah. shocked that they didn't list like a couple of really like famous places around Thomasville even like there's a house called the Lapham Patterson house um that's fun to say <laughs> it has a really interesting history and I like encourage anyone to look it up it's very bizarre um but the thing about the house is that it has absolutely no hallways and all of the windows open what? from floor to ceiling because the man who built the house was actually a survivor of the Great Chicago Fire. So he was very paranoid of his oh house burning down. So he had no like places that he could get trapped or like not be able to get out of the house. But that house is said to be haunted for sure. That gives me like Winchester House vibes. Mm -hmm. It's very creepy, especially the attic space. 
Um, it's like not like a creepy attic space. It's like very open. I think it was actually used as a ballroom at one point. But literally okay. every time I've ever been in there, and my mom would back you up on this, like it feels so strange yeah. in there. Oh, that's that's. Mm, it's like those houses that were built almost out of paranoia seem to hold mm-hmm. the most energy. Yeah, and even like downtown Thomasville is very old. There was a giant like resort hotel that burned down like right in downtown and then like Archbold Hospital is the main hospital in Thomasville and it owns a lot of like the older buildings that they just use for you know like administrative purposes now but a couple of those are said to be haunted as well so yeah I just think it's like interesting that they didn't really list anything in Thomasville on these Thomasville haunted places list. No, you know, hearing all of that, it, it really makes you wonder too. So that's one of the things that I'm actually most excited about is we're going to take a really deep dive today into the house that your mom and dad lived in and that is also incredibly haunted. Is, is there anything that, you know, before we talk about it that we should know about it going in? It's kind of interesting, the, the story of just like how I came to know it. I lived in Moultrie when I was really young and then we moved back to Thomasville and this house like literally you could ask anyone probably like a few years younger than we are and older and they would definitely know which house you're talking about like everyone knew that it was like the burned house on Washington Street um and I always wondered about it and one day just asked my mom about it and she was like oh you know like me and your dad used to live in that house and I was like what um (laughs) what (laughs) so obviously i never got to spend any time there because like i said it it was burned um sure but yeah i mean i just had like pretty weird vibes overall and like what was really creepy is it was actually like across the street from the church that i went to like in middle and high school and like there's a playground right out there so when i was young i'd like be on the playground and like right across the street is this creepy looking burned blackened house and you could just like feel the energy it just oozed off of it that is prologue to horror movie content yeah. right there. Yeah, so I'm excited to tell you guys about it. <laughs> and we're going to have Cameron's mom with us on the show tonight to recount her stories living in this haunted house in Thomasville, Georgia. And just a reminder, this is our last episode of season one. But we do have something super special and super secret in the works for you guys releasing on Halloween. So keep an eye out for that. This is very different from anything that we have ever done so far, but we are super excited to bring you this special Halloween episode of Conjuring Conversations. So stay tuned for that. It was the 1990s. Happily married, my husband and I had just moved to small town South Georgia after spending a few years in Atlanta while Doug finished up law school. We decided we'd start looking for a house in the historic district of Thomasville. Since Doug was a lawyer, it made sense to have a place close to the courthouse downtown, and we wanted something with a little character. One day, as we were driving down the oak and Spanish moss-covered streets, one house caught our eye. The owners were standing outside. To our surprise, they said, You know, we might be willing to sell this house. I didn't know it then, but I should have thought to wonder why they were so willing to sell when they just put so much into fixing it up. 
I spent a lot of time in the house alone after moving in. At first, things felt normal. But the more time I spent in the house, the more that things just felt off. The noises started up slowly. The sounds of a cabinet opening here, a footstep up above you there. The weirdest thing was occasionally hearing the clanging of silverware from the kitchen downstairs. I wasn't crazy, right? On one particular night, I was getting ready to go to bed. I just couldn't sleep in the master bedroom. It was big, empty, cold. I had resorted to the smaller bedroom as of late. At first, I thought I felt better in there, safer even. But it didn't last. The house was old, built long before the invention of air conditioning. Upstairs was a breezeway that was supposed to keep the house ventilated. Despite its whole purpose being to maintain a certain temperature, I walked through cold spot after cold spot. Strange, but not alarming. The house is just old and drafty, I told myself. Showered and in pajamas, I made my way to the little guest room. It had been a kid's room in its most recent past life, and there was a large mural on the wall that felt unsettling at best. Regardless, it felt better than the master bedroom. I entered the guest room and quickly closed the door behind me. I began my nightly ritual of preparing to sleep. I used all of my weight to shove the bed across the old wooden floors to sit flush against the wall. I climbed under the covers like a small child and tried my best to assure myself that there was nothing to be afraid of. The silence was deafening. Sleep came. And then all of a sudden... Heavy footsteps creaked across the wooden floors outside of my bedroom door. I woke up with wide eyes, suddenly realizing that I had been sleeping in a fetal position with pillows surrounding me, like a makeshift fort to protect me from the unseen. I stared into the darkness in front of me and felt a lump forming in my throat. The mural on the wall peered back at me and I was overcome with a feeling that something was watching me. Did something poke me? Is, is something there? Drenched in sweat, I pushed my back harder and harder against the cold wall terrified but trying to listen for more noises over the sound of my pounding heartbeat. No sounds came. Eventually, I found my way back to sleep. That was the last night I spent in that house alone. So now I'm happy to introduce my mom, Angie Rogers. Mom, how's it going? Hi, darling. It's good. Hey, Angie. It's lovely to meet you. Virtually, I guess. Nice to meet you too, Ryan. And yeah, thanks for agreeing to talk with us. Um, Cameron has been talking about this and I've been following you guys for the whole time. And so I'm really excited. Ooh, a fan. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, it would be kind of sucky if she wasn't a fan, right? Like, we would really know that we're rock bottom. Like, my mom doesn't That's even true. like the show. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, first off, can you can you give us a nice, a nice scene set? Can you describe what this house looked like when you first saw it? You know, give us any physical details that really stuck out to you. So at the time, Cameron's dad and I were um, planning on moving to Thomasville and we were looking for a house that was downtown and close to the courthouse. Um, He was an attorney and wanted to be able to have the small town life and walk to the courthouse and do all the things that um, that maybe like Andy Griffith kind of deal. (laughs) So idyllic. Um, we were really concentrating in the historic district and we're looking for a small house that we could both live in and could um, be his office for a period of time until we transitioned. We would go down and we would ride around um, trying to find houses and uh, just so happens we were out and about one afternoon and past this house and it was adorable and the people who um lived in there in the house obviously are they were outside mm-hmm. right and so we just stopped and pulled over and had a chat with them because it was in the perfect location and they had bought it a couple of years before and had meticulously redone it and it was just absolutely beautiful it was a sunny yellow color and it had a huge front porch with wooden slats and um, it was just cheerful it was really really pretty house and yeah they invited us in and we looked around and we said if you are interested in selling this house give us a call (laughs) very forward right (laughs) They called us up and said, you know, if we can work out a price, we'll, you know, we'll sell it to you. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. But that's what happened. And so then we bought the house and moved in. So when you first visited the house, like you felt completely like just comfortable and kind of drawn in and safe there, I guess. It was so um it was so pretty they had redone it um it had intricate detailing and woodwork and the original floors and mm-hmm. I mean, it was just yeah so, mm-hmm. so homey and they had decorated it so beautifully and they were just lovely people and yeah. so it, it felt really good mm-hmm. I didn't have any I, I had no feelings whatsoever that anything was off so right. interesting so I guess looking back, do you think you would consider that a red flag that they were willing to sell it after just putting all of that work in? Oh, so funny. Absolutely. Yeah. I was yes. like, you know, <laughs> they just put all of this time, effort, and money into right. reading. And they were like, yep, you can have it. Yeah. I mean, did they like overcharge you for it or anything? Or they were just kind of like... Very we'll take whatever <laughs> price you guys have. No, I mean, it, it was a fair deal. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, um, yeah, looking back, though, that's questionable for sure. Straight out of a horror movie, truly. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this really does sound like the intro to like the newest Conjuring movie or something. It- you know, it's it's one of those things where you're watching it in the movie and you're like, oh, if that were me, I would never buy that house. I would, I would never know do something's that. wrong. 
You and then I, me, yeah, I totally me. would. I totally would. Oh yeah, fall for it every time. Every single okay. time. Well, we fell for it hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> <laughs> so after you guys moved in, like, how long did it take for things to start happening? And what were like the first things that you started to notice? Yeah. Um. So when we first moved in, uh, Cameron, your dad was still working in Atlanta. So he was going back and forth and I was also going back and forth. Um, but I was there the majority of the time by myself. And at first it was just um, little noises. One of the main things that I recall was that you could hear silverware in the kitchen moving around. You know, that's a very distinctive sound. Yeah, yeah like, a, like a clanging. Exactly. Yeah. The little cling sound mm-hmm. of silverware. And, and you would just hear that regularly and you would hear um you know the kitchen had not been redone as far as like the cabinetry had not been pulled out and Mm -hmm. so you could also hear like movement of the wooden drawers Mm. oh my gosh a pull all the way out and a push all the way back in but it was just like okay I know that's the drawer sound (laughs) there was a, a beautiful butler's pantry and it had it had really ornate um, uh, cabinets in mm-hmm. it, glass in it, and they they would cling just a little bit. Cling, when I say cling, I mean like, you know, a noise. Cling, mm-hmm. like, the glass yeah. was not, you know, this was a hundred year old house. Mm-hmm. It was different than, you know, what you get today. So just right. little noises. And the hallway there was a hallway that went from the front all the way to the back which was very um common for houses built during that era mm-hmm. um it, it was a it, it was a way to ventilate the house and to, to right. cool it sure so it had the long very wide open um hallway and there were places through it that you would walk through you know, feelings of cold, you would feel, you know, just little areas of cold and mm-hmm. even warm. So, you know, we just yeah. thought, okay, you know, it's old. Mm-hmm. That's the answer for everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just old, right? Right, right. <laughs> noises, like noises in the hallway. You can mm-hmm. hear, I, I, I don't know, at first it wasn't specifically sounds of footsteps but as time went on it became more apparent that it was like shoes or feet on the floor that was making sounds but Mm -hmm. you know it came on slowly and it didn't happen so much while he was there right but it most definitely happened a lot when I was alone yeah Time went on it really began to escalate so it was um it became more and more unnerving the longer we were there and the longer I was there alone yeah so why do you think that it like took so much time for it to quote-unquote warm up like like why wouldn't it just start out that way you think they were like getting accustomed to your energy <laughs> You know, that's a good question. I I really don't know. Um, I think that maybe more was going on than I realized. Mm -hmm. Right. And you just weren't really paying attention. Exactly. I didn't 
feel so, I, I don't know what the word would be. Um, I didn't feel so open um, when I was with your dad. Mm-hmm. Felt safer. Right. Um, and we were always busy, always doing things. We mm-hmm. were, it just, it was a very different feel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I didn't know if things were actually happening more so than I realized. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't recall him. I mean, I recall us having conversations about this is really weird. Why is this? Did you hear that? Right. Yeah. But you almost like gaslight yourself into thinking that you're crazy. <laughs> you know, like that can't be the answer. It has to be because the house is old. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, at that point in time, I think I was just coming into my sensitivity. Mm-hmm. I was not in the place where um, I was maybe as open. Mm-hmm. As right. So I did do that. I did mm-hmm. just say, you know, I, your brain comes up with reasons why this oh, can't yeah. be. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you, you brought up a very interesting point earlier, and it's something that we've talked about earlier on the show. This idea that, you know, your average Joe walking down the street could have walked past hundreds of apparitions in their lives and never known it because it's easy to rationalize things like that. So when, you know, you move into a house like this and you start hearing these noises, it's so easy to pass off. A, a paranormal experience is just, oh, it's just the creaking of the floorboards. Oh, it's it's yada, yada, yada. And not hang on a minute. I'm actually experiencing something from beyond our world. You know, um, it's, it's just it's such an interesting thought that we could be walking around it every single day of our lives and just be completely blinded <laughs> to it. Agreed. It's like the crazy statistic that you will walk by like X number of serial killers and never know in your life or something like that. Yeah, ex- you know? exactly. Like, it's like, like some crazy high number too. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to be looking at people. I know. No, it's like, I which literally one of you do that. I'm it? like, I'm so suspicious of all of you, like walking around Atlanta. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, which one? Now, I'm, I'm curious, do you have any one moment where you were absolutely sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that what you were experiencing was a haunting? Um, there were actual, actually several different times, um, but the, the one in particular, um, the sleeping was, became a really big problem. I had moved from the larger room. It was very open, had a lot of windows, and I just didn't feel really safe. So I had moved into a smaller room that had a twin bed. And so I would go into this room and close the door and cover myself up. And Mm -hmm. by the time, at this point in time, I had pushed it against the wall Mm -hmm. and you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know what I thought I was trying to protect myself from. <laughs> the serial killer that you walked past on the street that day. There you go. But um, the final night that I stayed there by myself, um, I woke up and I just, my heart was pounding out of my chest and I was sweating and I just, there was something, I felt like, you know how you wake up and you're like, I think I've been touched. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. I thought that I had been touched. Like somebody had poked me on the shoulder and there was just Ugh. this feeling of, I, I don't know. It was a, it, it was a feeling of dread. Mm-hmm. Um, was it like, 
you could like feel eyes on you or was it just kind of like there it was something felt- there yeah, I was being watched. Yeah, I was don't like that. Being watched. It was a male energy. In fact, it felt like there were many people there. Yeah. But the the malevolent feeling was always a male energy. And it felt like a very large looming presence. Is it possible for you to describe like how you came to the like understanding that it was a male energy specifically? Um, you know, it's so funny because even now I have a picture in my mind of what it was. That's interesting. Really? Absolutely. I I just see this very large man with like work boots because that was the sound to me. Like, you know, the clodding sound of work boots this, this particular night. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know. It just, it, it was definitely it was definitely a man did you ever notice the energy when dad was in the house with you um no honestly I don't recall um you know we did have some instances like during the night where we would both wake up Mm -hmm. right but but again with him there it just did not feel the same and but I was very Mm -hmm vocal about not <laughs> wanting to stay there yeah right, right. yeah <laughs> but you know I've I've literally stayed alone since I was young right Doesn't, I'm not a fraidy cat I don't have you know I don't have any issues with being anywhere mm-hmm. by myself so for me to start feeling this way I was even more convinced that there was something air quotes there was something yeah so do you feel as though that this entity, the the more malignant one, the more malicious one, goes out of its way to target women? Um, interestingly, I would say yes, just from my experience. Um, but then after we had moved out of the house, um, when Cameron was born, we moved to a different house and this became an office full time. Mm-hmm. Her dad had a secretary that had been there for some period of time, several months, maybe pushing a year. Um, And she would often say that I feel like somebody is here. I feel like somebody is watching me. I hear these noises. Same kind of situation that I felt. Right. And there was a particular time, her very last day of work, where she said that her desk was in the front room right beside the front door. Like I said, it was a, a wooden front porch. You know, it had all the creeps of the old wood. Right. So she heard someone come up onto the porch. Boom, 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 boom. Their feet, you know, crossing the boards. The door opened. The door closed. She looks out the window. There's no one on the outside. What? There's no one on the inside. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. And mom, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, dad told me that story many, many times. And he always specifically pointed out that she told him that it sounded like boots coming up those stairs, like heavy work boots. Yes. Yes. That's what I do. So, yes. So she she left him a note that said... (laughs) Uh, when you get back to the office, give me a call and I will bring you your key. <laughs> you need to look for a new secretary. 
scary. Oh, man. Oh, man. I do not blame her one bit. Nope. <laughs> uh-uh. I understand with good reason. It, I mean, it was a very disconcerting feeling. It, it was not, you know, it, it, yeah, it definitely was frightening. So, and, you know, your, your Aunt Kathy came and stayed with me, stayed with us. She was there for probably a week. And Aunt Kathy is my sister, and she is very woo-woo. Yeah, like let's definitely get some background <laughs> on Aunt Kathy. She's very sensitive to everything. So yeah. And she is very open and mm-hmm. she um she hears, she talks to, mm-hmm. um, she she is just one of those people. Sure. So she comes and the very first night she was there the next morning, she's like, what in the world is going on in this house? (laughs) I can just hear her saying that. (laughs) What do you mean? She's like, there were people, there were people with me all night. They were like asking me questions and wanting me to go do things and go find people for them. Oh my gosh. And she said that she got basically no rest because these spirits, these people kept coming and waking her up and asking her questions and asking her to do things for them. Did she say how many? She said it was just like nonstop. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my God. And had had you mentioned to her before her staying there that there were weird things happening in the house or was this just out of the blue? Not at all. Nothing. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Well, do you recall like what she said they were asking her to do or anything about them? She said that they were asking um, where are um, specific people? Could she help them find specific people mm-hmm. that they needed to get messages to people? And mm-hmm. would she give messages? I think was the main gist. Of right. What they yeah. Were. So um, I don't recall. You should call her up, Cameron. Yeah. Her about this. I don't recall um, her having um, any interaction with the, with the scary one, um, but she definitely had a lot of interaction with with all the others and mm-hmm. all of their and maybe from the neighboring houses. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I just want to like pause here and say that um, Ryan asked me if I knew of any of these haunted spots in Thomasville, and it was like a list, but all of them were in Monticello, and I was like, why? Are we not listing the things that are definitely haunted in Thomasville? And I brought up specifically the Lapham Patterson house because you and I have both felt weird in there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And this one, it, when it burned, um, it was really sad because it was such a beautiful house. Mm-hmm. But after it burned, it just really had the most ominous feeling. And it did. It like really did. <laughs> we actually went in there at one point in time and just kind of made our way through it and tiptoed around. Yeah. We being me and my mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh my gosh, it just, it, it was way more ominous than it had been ever before. So I don't know if, if it being burned angered someone or I, mm-hmm. I just really don't know, but it was definitely, or it's like, almost feels like metaphorical Mm. like the facade like came down because you were tricked by the facade too right interesting but you know 
it, it is kind of semi though, because hearing Kathy's experience makes it feel like the house had had spirits trapped there that couldn't yeah. move on. And I was right. really hoping when I heard that the house burned that maybe these spirits were finally able to move on and rest. But based on what you guys were no. saying, it, it sounds like they were still trapped there. And that is very, very sad. I think that's very true because even just like growing up when people would like bring that house up, I'd be like, oh, like my parents used to live in that house. And they'd be like, what? Like, it's so scary. And I mentioned this to Ryan, mom, that like the house sits across the street from the Baptist church and like the playground. And you can just be standing on the playground and look up and there's just like this black like decaying house and it looks like Ugh. something like monster house it looked like that it most definitely <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna ask uh, did you ever end up doing any research or backgrounding on the history of this house you know that's interesting because it was not on the historical register and most houses in that area had already been researched and and added to it. And really? that was one of the things we were like, okay. Um, and that was a plan. We were going to do that. And for whatever reason, never did. I kind of got a little bit busy with the little baby Cameron. But <laughs> um, yeah, um, all I know is that it was built if I'm not mistaken, it was built like in the 1860s, 1870s mm -hmm. time frame. Um, mm -hmm. But I know absolutely nothing about the history. <laughs> that's that's extremely eerie, isn't it? Because like Thomasville is very big about history, and like the historical society is very active. So that shocks me. I was always very perplexed why someone had not. You know, because that was a very big thing at the time. And even in the, the 15 to 20 years before we purchased it, when they were revitalizing all of those, right. that was one of the things that you wanted to do was yeah. to get it. It kind of like ups the value. It ups the value in many different ways. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure why um, it was not. And then we just did not do it either. It's, it's truly the house that history wanted us to forget about, you know? <laughs> oh, you're, you may be kind right. true. <laughs> you know, the universe works in weird ways to protect us sometimes. It does. So I would describe Thomasville as like really just like the quintessential South Georgia town. It's slow, it's warm, it's sleepy, and every like street is like covered with oak trees and lots of Spanish moss. It has a lot of history, and I explained some of this in the introduction, um, but it was actually a resort town for wealthy Northerners. Um, and it's always, I think, it just kind of has like this weird, attractive quality about it. Don't you think, Mom? Like, It really does. It has a very cosmopolitan feel. For being South Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great deal of wealth yeah. in the area there is a lot of money a lot of old money um it just is kind of one of those places that you can like see yourself like writing a book about a little bit mm. like it's i think um actually shout out to my freshman roommate kendall i took her down um around christmas time and we were walking around downtown and she's like do you realize that you like grew up in a hallmark movie <laughs> and I was like well I never thought about it that way but I kind of did and like it's a really beautiful place it really is it's very beautiful 
So one of the questions that I really love asking people on this show is, were you a believer in the paranormal before this event, or was this the catalyst for your becoming interested in it? Um, I've actually always believed in paranormal, um, but I'd never had any experience. Mm-hmm. So, right. Not the age old story. <laughs> yeah, it just, you know, then I knew for sure it was all mm-hmm. true. So did your experiences that you had in the house kind of like stick around with you after you left? You know, it's so interesting because I still think about that from time to time. <clears throat> you know, the the very last dealing I had with the house, which you know the story, I was sitting at the coffee shop in Thomasville. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sitting outside reading a book and there were two men sitting beside me and they were talking about old houses and fixing up old houses and the things that they were working on. And one of them left and I just struck up a conversation with um, the the guy that was sitting there and, you know, I love old houses and la da 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 da. And he said, well, that's what we do. We buy these old houses um, and we fix them up and then we resell them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, um, that's really cool. You know, I've lived in several over the years. And I said, do you have anything locally? Well, the coffee shop is like two blocks away from this house. (laughs) Yeah, right. So we actually have one just, you know, a couple of blocks from here um, that we've been working on and trying to figure out what we're going to do. And it's actually, it's actually burned at the moment. And I said, okay, are you talking about just around the corner on Washington street? And he mm-hmm. said, yeah, I said, you know, the house? I said, I actually used to live in that house and he just stopped and he just looked and he, you're kidding. <laughs> I said, no, you know, back, back in the day I lived there and he said, I have to ask you something. I said, <laughs> did you ever have any like anything weird happen when you were living there? And I just laughed. I'm like, um, yes, I most definitely did. He said, oh my God. He said, I think that we are just, you know, I, I don't want to do anything in this house. I mm-hmm. don't like being there. He said, mm-hmm. he said, in fact, that's one of the the things that we were discussing is that we think that we're going to just let this one go. He said, I was at the house um, and it had a crawl space underneath. He said, and I was underneath and I was looking at the pilings and I was looking at all the structural elements of the house to see what we were going to have to do to, to, to begin, you know, the work to redo it. And he said, he said, you know, a couple of times I just felt little eerie feelings. He said, but when I was under there, He said, I heard just as plain as day, footsteps walking down the hallway. Oh, did you? (laughs) And he said, I heard boom, boom, boom of shoes. And he said, I thought, who in the world would be here and Mm -hmm. in this house? He said, so I crawled out and dusted myself off and walked around and there was no one there. I went inside and there was no one there. And he said, I got in my truck and I drove away. <laughs> and I told him then the experiences that I had. And we just had a really interesting conversation. And then it wasn't long after that, that the house was actually demolished. Mm-hmm. They, they right. decided not to, 
not to try to redo it and and it was just torn down and there is the end of the horror movie everyone my mom was a final girl she did not indeed die in the house (laughs) but then you find out that cameron was possessed (laughs) (laughs) surprise but this is kind of interesting though something that i just started thinking about is you know i'm going to bounce back to the thought that you know why did it take so long for the activity in the house to warm up for you when it seems like a lot of these people, they would walk into the house and immediately start immediately having experiences. Yeah. Like, what, what was different? Why was the house presenting differently to you? That's just that's just something I'm just trying to trying to piece together in my mind. Mm-hmm. No idea, none whatsoever. Um, there was a point in time when I was there, I was dog sitting for my mom who had moved, and um, the dog would not come in the house. <laughs> oh. The dog was an indoor dog. <laughs> oh. So that should have yeah. given me a too. But. Yeah. Dogs always know. They always know. Dogs and cats always know. Mm-hmm. Left out in the garage. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do, I guess? I don't know if you could pay me to even do that. I'll camp in the front yard. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Go sleep in the str- in the um the church across the street. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what protected <laughs> right. that deep thing. <laughs> We're very devout. <laughs> it was much different then. Well, Just, true. yeah. True. So have you had any paranormal experiences since living in that house? Well, when we moved to Moultrie, when you were a tiny tot, the house that we lived in was also a very old historical house. And it it had activity it was it was definitely children mm-hmm. a child or children um it was one of those places where you saw movement out of the corners of your eye you right. know oh, that's the worst yeah probably the most um significant thing that happened there you and your brother and dad and i came home one day and it had a really big front porch mm-hmm. we walked up and you could very very clearly hear one of your toys playing music <laughs> this <sighs> this toy it had an on off switch you had to turn it on for the music to play and you turned it back off um and you could hear it and your dad and i were just looking at each other like what the heck because it was a wine <laughs> toy as well oh what it you had to wind oh. it up yeah, so it wasn't like it just played, you know, right. if it was gone. Um, so we were both like, okay, this is so odd. And put the the key in the lock and turned the lock and it just went <laughs> off. It was sitting there on the floor where you had left it. Oh, no. Y'all are just living out horror movie tropes at this point. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, haven't really had a whole lot of activity things since then but you know I feel like I've had enough for a lifetime with that one (laughs) I feel like I was um spared in some way (laughs) the thing the movie was based on oh yeah yeah you were just the inspiration for the film absolutely (laughs) yeah right along the the Amityville horror right oh yeah definitely that caliber (laughs) which by the way did you guys see that the house is up for sale I did yeah Mm -hmm. And it's literally 
a situation where anyone interested has to put in a bid by Halloween. Okay, so Angie, you have lived out just about every horror movie trope. Are you a fan of horror movies? Absolutely, positively not a fan. (laughs) Any way, shape, or form. I sit with my hands over my eyes the whole time saying, is it over, is it over, is it over? I can confirm that. However, she did recently see A Quiet Place 2 in theaters. So she's kind of a baddie for that. I, yep, pat on the shoulder. Because I, and very few times did I cover my eyes. So proud. that wasn't like super scary. I think, you know, thriller kind of things mm-hmm. and kind of things are not the same as like creepy ghost omen, yes. you know, right. kind of, those feel very different mm-hmm. to me. Could not agree more. Yeah. I have no interest in watching any of those kind of things, even like <laughs> Halloween and that kind of stuff. Nope. It's all for you. <laughs> Did you see it when you were younger? Oh my gosh, I watched so many things. I went and watched the Amityville Horror when it was out in the theaters, and I slept on top of your grandmother. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she was like, that was a good one. Shouldn't have let her do that. Yeah. (laughs) And you're never going to go see another one ever again. Never, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Like, what do you consider to be the scariest one? Um... I think probably The Omen. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, that one scared me. I don't know. Ooh, I didn't yeah. like that. I came into feel horror either. Mm-hmm. Anything that's, what, what would you call that? Just... Like suspenseful, like, both of those are like pretty slow burns, I think. It scared the bejeebies out of me. It creates that same sense of dread that you felt in that house. I guess so. Ooh, maybe so. (laughs) We don't get it, but we respect it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, a lot of these horror movies, you know, there's the debate between whether or not a good horror movie ending provides closure or not. Do you feel as though the house being burned down provided you closure or did it just open up more things for the future? Um, interesting question. I think, I think for me personally, it was, it was a closure. I felt like it's, it, it's so interesting because I actually drove by there the last time I was in town and just, um, I don't know, just let the memories flow. And I don't know, it does, it doesn't feel the same. It's just an empty lot now with trees that we planted there. So it doesn't feel the way it did. So, you know, yes, I did get a sense of closure. Um, now, whether or not those entities are still around, if they move to the houses, you know, adjacent to it or what, I have no idea. But um, the space itself felt very different. Yeah, I actually agree with that because the lot has never given me the heebie-jeebies. Like, it was the house itself. It wasn't, like, in some cases, mm-hmm. I think it is, like, the land or, like, if something happened there or, you know, whatever. But in this case, it was specifically that building. Mm. Agreed. It was the house. So, yeah, maybe maybe whatever happened there cleared. I would like to think that it did and that those spirits moved on. Yeah. Right. I hope so. I really do, too. Well, you mentioned that you're a pretty big fan of Conjuring Conversation. So I want to know, what was your favorite episode of season one? 
You can't say your own. That doesn't count. My own. <laughs> well, mine, of course. I'm a star. I'm a star. Um, let me see. Ryan, I really like your bathroom thing. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> the bathroom thing. What we should have named the episode, the bathroom thing. <laughs> and the reason why is because I was a school teacher. Mm. For some yeah. reason, my visual of that was like bathrooms, Cameron at Jerger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was where at the elementary school where I taught. And so I just had that visual and I could just kind of see that playing out. And I, I thought it was really cool. So I'm going to go with that one. Well, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I hated that I had to live it, but I'm, I'm glad people enjoyed the story. <laughs> we suffer for our art, literally. Well, Mom, thank you so much for joining us and regaling us with that spooky tale. (laughs) Spooky true stories. We love those around here. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me to do it. I had a great time. He's like, you know, that's just such a great note to end on for the last interview of the last episode of our first season. But guys, don't you worry. A season two is on the way. And do not forget about that super special, super secret Halloween episode coming your way (laughs) Halloween day. This has been a production of Conjuring Conversations, hosted by Ryan Cameron and Cameron Rogers. Produced by Sophie Gratas. Main theme written by Miller May. Our cover art was created by Camille Sowell. Find her on Instagram at uncomforta underscore bill. That's U-N-C-O-M-F-O-R-T-A underscore bill. B-I-L-L. No authorized reproduction of this podcast is permitted without the explicit consent of Conjuring Conversations. Copyright 2021, all rights reserved. <laughs> oh my god! I just can't do it anymore. I just can't even talk about it. It's like this is the last episode of season one. Ryan, were you a theater kid? I was not a theater kid. I'm just really sad about season one ending. This is the last episode. Oh, he's really committed to this. I was. I yeah. Where's my Where's my Oscar, guys? <laughs>